When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Happy New Year's to everyone. Hopefully you had a fantastic New Year's Eve and uh, and nothing but uh, wonderful and great and uh, fantastic things for everyone out there in 2024. Joining us, a very dear friend of mine. She just does a phenomenal job all over our ESPN platforms when it comes to college football, and that's Heather Dinich. Heather, Happy New Year to you and yours, my friend. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. And happy new year to you as well. I'm looking forward to these games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got some that are taking place right now. Wisconsin up on LSU 14, nothing a little bit later on today, Liberty going up against Oregon, Iowa and Tennessee, but we're all waiting for Alabama and Michigan uh, kickoff is at five o'clock this evening and then followed by Texas and Washington. Let's start right there. Alabama and Michigan, Heather, give Nick Saban a month to prepare for anyone. Watch out. I like Alabama here on top of the fact that he's getting points. He's getting two points. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with how well Jalen Milrow plays. And, and I agree with you. If anybody's going to have their team prepared after time off, it's definitely going to be Nick Saban, but Michigan has been one of the most complete, fundamentally sound teams in the whole country. But they have not faced an explosive offense like this before. And Jalen Milrose's average pass traveled 12.4 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, the highest in the country. This is the most aggressive downfield passing, pack, passing attack in America. And that is what killed Michigan against TCU last year. So how much better can they lock down on those big plays and not give those up? And can Michigan run the ball without one of their top injured offensive line, offensive linemen? And can Blake Corum continue to get those yards? I think it's going to be a really terrific matchup, Anita. I think it's just going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be a close game. And, you know, there's the broader storylines as well. Can Alabama win another national title? And, can Jim Harbaugh finally get this elusive national title as well? They've been to the playoffs back-to-back years. This is the third straight one, but they haven't been able to win it. So what can they do? Yeah, also uh, keep in mind, Alabama was able to stop the run against Georgia in, in, in their championship game against them, held them to under five yards per carry. So we know that they can do it. Can they do it against Michigan? Um, also big picture here, right? Like there's so much talk and speculation about Harbs going to the NFL. Uh, what, what, what's your take on, on that scenario? Uh, you know, could, could this be the last time we see Harbs coach a, a Michigan team? What's your gut telling you, Heather? If he doesn't win the national title, I would sense that maybe he, he sticks around to try and get it done. Right. But there's so many of these other factors that are going on. I mean, it's no secret that he wants to win a Super Bowl, obviously. There's the underlying storylines of the ongoing investigations, two separate ones, one into the recruiting violations and then one into the sign stealing as well. Michigan's president loves Jim Harbaugh. They love him. 
And so there's been an outspoken support for him from the administration, which is also critical. So how much does Harbaugh's personal desire to win a Super Bowl factor into this decision? It's it's just an annual rumor mill is what it is, but I, I can't help but think that whether they win a national title or not factors into that decision ultimately. Um, it will see. It will be interesting to see how this all plays out later on this evening. Eight forty-five is kickoff. You've got Texas going up against Washington. Uh, I'm leaning Texas here. I've got a little lean towards Texas here. I also like the under. The over/under in this Heather is 62, 63 and a half in some places. Uh, the under is hit in four of the last Washington games. I think. I think defenses have figured out how to slow down uh, Penix Jr. So. Uh, in, in Texas, very good defense as well. Um, they're holding opponents to, uh, I want to say, 80 rushing yards a game. So, um, I, again, I've got a small lean towards Texas here, but my play here is the under at 62 and a half. How do you see this game playing out? I like Texas in this game as well because of their defense too. But if this game is close, I would start to lean in the second half towards Washington because they've played so many close games. I want to say seven. Seven games have been within a score. Mm. So they they have the understanding of how to win those close games in those tense moments. And I think in a game where teams are so statistically evenly matched, it could come down to a lot of the little things like turnover margin, field position, who winds up getting touchdowns when they're in the red zone instead of settling for field goals. What I love about this game, though, is that someone – is going to get to the CFP for the first time, to the national title for the first time. Washington's been in the CFP before. They've not played for the national title. Either has Texas. And I think that's awesome because no matter who wins, there's going to be some fresh blood in Houston. Can you imagine Texas-Alabama rematch? No. I can no, I cannot. That would be that would be fun. <laughs> so so again, if we're both leaning towards Texas um and and again you know I, I do believe i do believe alabama wins let's just assume that it's texas alabama who who would you have the national championship if that is the matchup heather well see it's tricky because you know they're saying how hard it is to beat a team twice right alabama's a totally different team than when they lost by double digits at home in tuscaloosa in week 2 but Texas would be playing for a national title in Houston. Let that sink in for a minute. So the fact of the location and all the intangibles going around on that, the last year, this this is a pre-SEC matchup. They're joining the SEC in 2024. I mean, it's filled with plot lines, right? Sark, Saban, the connection there. There are so many great storylines, but I think – I mean, it's hard to pick against Alabama. It's just hard to pick against Alabama. But Texas playing for it all in Houston, I don't know. I don't know. That I think it, I think that would be a great game. I would I would love to see it again because I think the teams are just so different than they were in week two. By the way, Liberty just scored on Oregon, uh, and so uh, they're up seven nothing uh, early on, just twelve minutes into uh, the first quarter. Um, 800-919-3776 real quick before we move on, cause I want to, I want to talk big picture and, and, you know, we're, we're just talking about the conferences and, and, and whatnot. And also I want to have a conversation with you in regards to the transfer portal 
oh, it's been killing me this year in bowl games. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, Eli Manning here, um, a lot of Manning family, friends and fans here, you know, so much hype on Arch Manning, right? And, you know, is 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 he going to be as good as what everybody's claiming? Like, like you know, how, like, what have you heard about him? I mean, there's so much hype about him. He's getting paid a gazillion dollars in NILs. Like, how good is Arch Manning going to be, Heather? We'll find out. I mean, everything is pointing to the direction that he has all the skills and and the poise and everything that you want in a, quote, franchise-leading quarterback to face a program like Texas, right? Everybody's drooling over him, and there's a reason why. Um, But Quinn Ewers is sitting there right now. So when when does everyone actually see – Arch Manning. I mean, I think that might be the biggest question of them all, but you just don't know until they get into the pressure pack situations. And he, like I said, he's going to be playing in the SEC. Um, we'll see how it goes. And there's so much pressure that comes with that name of all names, you know, and it's hard to remember that he's just a, he's a teenager who happens to have that last name. So I'm sure that he's used to that to this point, but when the lights come on, um, can people just give a step back and take a breath and, and let him make a mistake, let him throw an interception, let him play a few games and learn the offense and whatnot when his time does come. I think people just need to take a breath and, and, and let him play and let him learn and let him make mistakes because that's okay. It's part of the process. I hear you, but there's some big, hefty expectations, con- you know, considering yes. the lineage. That's that's sure. for sure, right? Um, again, Heather Dinich joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, uh, talking all things college football, getting you ready for two really great college football games. Uh, a few going on right now, but two really phenomenal ones later on this evening. What a treat. Let's look big picture here, right? And let's look at the conferences and, and the restructuring. The ACC, they add Cal, Stanford, and SMU. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on how this ACC is going to feel and look different this coming season? Well, I'm, it doesn't make any geographical sense, and no one can try to pretend to make that fit in that piece of puzzle on the United States map. It just it doesn't. And uh, it's going to look different. Um, it's about keeping the academic integrity of it all together, um, university presidents and chancellors, remember, are the ones who are making these decisions. And Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick has a hand in the ACC's decisions because of their partnership with that conference, um, particularly in Olympic sports and five games in football. And I know Swarbrick was a big proponent of Stanford and Cal because of the academics and just the idea of those two institutions not having a home um, did not sit right with him and many other people in that conference. And plus they're going in at a discounted rate. So there will be that, but how does it work logistically? What does it you know, mean for the league in the big picture? Look, the ACC has to have somebody rise to the top and compete in the college football playoff. And they'll do that because it's going to be 12 teams next year. You'll never see what happened to Florida state happen again because the five highest-ranked conference champions are going to have a spot in that. So that's not going to happen again. But what they need to figure out, expansion aside, is what the heck Florida State's doing. Because right now all they're doing is yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs. We want more money. We want out. We want a lawsuit. All of these things. And so when you have 
a member who's causing those disruptions, how do you move forward together, no matter how many teams you have in your conference? So the very first thing the ACC needs to do is figure out what the heck is going on with Florida State and how to handle them. I Personally, I'm not a lawyer, but I would be shocked if Florida State was able to win a lawsuit that got them out of their grant of rights because they signed it and they've made millions of dollars off of it over the past however many years. Uh, the Big 12, um, they add BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF uh, for this coming season, but lost Oklahoma, Texas to the SEC, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah for the Big 12. Um, you know, how do you, how do you see this panning out? Well, I think much like it did this year, which is without Oklahoma and Texas, excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. It looks much like the American athletic conference did. And the teams that joined really struggled to produce and win. Now it was the first year they, they're going to be able to sell power five money moving forward. And, that's a big deal when it comes to recruits. And, again, they will have a spot in the playoffs as well. But until you have a team separate itself at the level of a Texas or an Oklahoma, you're going to struggle with, with um, selling the brand. Now, Arizona has been fantastic under Jed Fish. And, you know, I've voted for him for Coach of the Year because of what he's been able to do there. And it's an outstanding job. And it's Arizona fans should be excited about moving forward with him. Um, you know, Utah is a very respectable program. Colorado with Deion Sanders, how long does he stay there? So I think that there's a lot of interesting storylines within that league. But the reality is the football is what carries the brands, the money, and all that, and you've got to figure out which one of those teams is going to be the league's go-to when it comes to the college football playoff and competing for a national title. And then you look at the Big Ten uh, right, they're going to have 18 teams: Oregon, UCLA, USC, Washington. Leaving the Pac-12, what's Oregon State and Washington State going to do? Man, uh, th- that's going to be really odd, right? Yeah, and the, you know they're going to partner with the Mountain West with for some scheduling things. Um, but that's one of the reasons I expect in Houston when the presidents and chancellors meet this week for the national title that they change officially rubber stamp the playoff in order to get in you have to be one of the – the original model was six plus six, six highest-ranked champions, um, and the next six highest-ranked teams in a 12-team. I expect they're going to rubber stamp the recommendation to go five plus seven because the Pac-12 is not going to exist anymore. So it's going to be the four major conferences plus the highest-ranked group of five team. As you see, those schools gel with the, uh, the Mountain West for a partnership for now, but you're right. I mean – Think about it, Anita. you got a 12-team playoff, and the majority of those 12 teams after the conference champions, you're looking at the SEC and the Big Ten and Notre Dame. I mean, if you have you have Florida State, Clemson, you know, it, there's probably two teams, definitely one team from the ACC, maybe two. Um, but really, you're talking about Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU. Where are all these teams from? They're from the same two conferences. So – People might not yell and scream about an undefeated Power 5 champion being left out, but they're going to yell and scream about other teams being left out in favor of two very heavy leagues. Heather Dennis joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Last question for you, Heather, or, or topic, I, I should say, and that is the transfer portal. This, this has made it uber difficult for me this season uh, to handicap these games 
uh, who's in the transfer portal, who's leaving, who's not, coaches, players opting out because the NFL draft, all the things. Uh, this is, it has to be one of the worst bowl systems for me, uh, seasons, I should say, in the history of, of, of bowl games. I, I have not enjoyed uh, many of these. You know, um, your, your thoughts yeah. on the transfer portal. It's turned these bowl games, <clears throat> excuse me, it's turned these bowl games into glorified spring games. That's what we're watching. We're watching exactly young players, backup quarterbacks, nobody but the super fans know because they're, I mean, that's the reality of it, the roster. And it changed it because of the early signing period and the transfer window coming at the same time. So you've got this December signing period and the transfer opt-out window, which was December 4th, two days after the end of the conference championship games, and one day after the conference of the CFP selection committee makes its selections, right? And players can transfer through January 2nd, which is the day after the semifinals. And so you've got incoming freshmen who are keeping an eye on players in the transfer portal, and the transfer portal people are, are, are looking at the signing classes and everybody's trying to figure out who's going where and it's impossible it's the people who are in charge of college football the commissioners and and everybody need to step back and take a look at the impact and i'm sure they see this everyone sees it lane kiffin's yelling about it um but it's obvious anyone it's obvious to anyone who's paying attention that something has to be fixed. but this is what happens is they, they put one rule in here in like 2016, the December signing day, then they add another one, the transfer portal. And nobody thinks about how the collision of these two rules is going to impact the game when we see it now. It's just been, um, it's, 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 it's been horrific. Um, and it's, it's made watching this bowl system, this, this bowl season, uh, not, not exciting, not fun and uh, full transparency. I've lost a ton of money, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Just, Heather, you rock. We always appreciate your time here on 98.7 ESPN. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. Big night of college football tonight. So always great having you on, my friend. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Thanks. Same to you. Enjoy the games. You got it. Heather Dennis joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. You want to chime in? Who do you like tonight? Are you on Alabama? Again, you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for anyone? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, also your thoughts on the rearranging of the conferences, how is this going to, you know, affect college football, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, I'm not about the transfer portal. Didn't sound like Heather Dinich was as well. What say you 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you this afternoon till two 30 leading into your Knicks pregame show right here on 90.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. 
Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Christian Winfield is going to join us uh, at the top of the next hour at 2 o'clock to uh, do a deeper dive and a preview into this Knicks matchup and also have a conversation in regards to the trade that went down and how different this Knicks team is going to look moving forward. So excited to get him on the program. Phone lines are open right now, 800-919-3776. I'll give you my picks and my plays for tonight's games. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. Let's go to John calling in from the Bronx. John, Happy New Year. Welcome in. Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. I'm very disturbed uh, by what's going on with the conferences in football, and it, it's not doesn't have anything to do with football. It has to do with the non-revenue or Olympic sports. I'm a coach in a, on the prep school level that most of my kids go and, and compete at Division One schools um, in, in a non-revenue sport. So here's here's the problem: How is the women's uh, field hockey team going to travel from USC all the way to Rutgers uh, on a Tuesday night to play a game. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make sense. So what they're going to do, and, and, and by the way, USC and Rutgers needs every penny to improve their football facility, to pay players, to get the right coach, to get the right assistant coach, strengths, all those things, because they want a piece of the pie to be able to compete for that football national championship. And what's going to happen over time and not that much time is all these sports are going to be dropped. And that is a shame. I, I don't, I mean, John, I, 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 I think that the, the university, and please don't go anywhere. I, I want to have this conversation with you. Um, I, I think the universities, um, they, they, for, for women's sports to, to take a back seat or to be eliminated because of this restructuring, it, it, that would be a, a boat that Pandora's box of like 
you know, women's collegiate right. sports have come so far, John. I, like, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I, I can't, I can't see that. I can't see that happening. Here's what I think is going to happen though, John. I think their studies are going to diminish because now you're going to have to allot extra time for travel. Yeah. So, so, I, so I think the, I think the edu- I think, I think the commitment to education and their GPAs and all of the, I think it's going to be like, listen, in talking to collegiate athletes, I don't think, you know, granted, yes, they've got a scholarship. It's fun. They're competing. This is like they'll get to play a sport, all the things. But they have to keep a certain GPA. Um, and I think that's going to be a yeah. lot more difficult for these collegiate athletes to to, to try to maintain that GPA and, and get that, quote unquote, good education because now because allotting more travel time. I, I agree with everything that you said. But the problem still remains. Maybe I shouldn't have used uh, a woman's sport as an example. What about men's soccer? What about wrestling? What about those sports that they can drop uh, without too much uh, pushback other than alumni? Yes. And other, yes. Um, you know, yep. they're in danger. I mean, Stanford tried to do it already. They tried to or- do it, and they got such... Well, here's here's another thing, John. Here's another thing, John, is that they might take away, so they might offer less scholarships and have more walk-on athletes. Right. I I coach kids that are are in a community that they need um, sports, Division I sports, non-revenue sports. I coach wrestling. Um, I have kids looking at me that are going to look at me and say, what do I do now? that the grades are borderline, uh, but wrestling is going to get them over the hump to get into a school, and then they make good once they're there and do very well in life. If you take that opportunity away, oh, what a, what a crime. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people, you know, I don't think a lot of sports fans, and John, thank you for the phone call, really do appreciate it. Um, I don't think a lot of sports fans really understand um, the the overwhelming implications of you know this re redefining a realignment of these conferences and and Heather touched on it you just just the travel alone is going to be pretty insane um, and and how is this going to shake things up uh, in in college football and not just football I, we, we're talking football now because we're in the middle of the bowl season and and of course we've got two big games coming your way tonight. But, um, you know, caller is absolutely right. What happens with those lower tier sports that don't necessarily um, offer the, the university any type of financial income like football and basketball does? So there, there's that to consider. Uh, but again, just getting you locked and loaded, ready for tonight. Uh, my picks and my plays heading into these two bowl games. Uh, you've got Alabama that's getting to going up against Michigan. The over-under is 45 and a half. Uh, I, I'm playing Alabama here. Uh, again, and I'm and full full transparency, I'm not a huge Nick Saban fan. And I know we've got some calls coming in. If you want to continue to talk about this, I absolutely would love to do so. 800-919-3776. Um, I'm not a huge Nick Saban fan. Never have been, never will be. Uh, was down in Miami when he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, couldn't deal with a, with a bigger jerk. 
uh, to be quite frank. And uh, just not a fan of the human being. Just from experience. Okay? So, um, but give respect where respect is due. And Nick Saban is hands down one of the best college coaches, not NFL, but college coaches uh, to ever coach this sport. You give him a month to prepare for a team. I think what he's done here is now he's had an opportunity to take a month to really fine tune Milrose game and accentuate his strengths. So this might even be a, a better quarterback and a better offensive game plan coming into tonight against Michigan, which I think they're going to challenge Michigan's defense because he's got a solid arm. He's got good vision as a runner. And so I, I think that's going to really shake things up for Michigan's defense. On top of the Michigan defense ranked 19th in pressure rate, Alabama 11th best in pressure rate. Also, as I mentioned with Heather Dinich, Alabama held Georgia to just three yards per carry in that SEC championship game. So I think Michigan's going to have a difficult time running the football against Alabama. And if Michigan can't run the football, they're in a heap of trouble. Harbs, 0-6 in his last six bowl games. Saban, six straight college football playoff semifinals. So coaching, Saban check. Defense, Alabama check. Time difference, giving Alabama a month to prepare, check. And I get Alabama plus two. By the way, Alabama on the money line is plus 110. Might, might take that. Might take that. And then a little bit later on this evening, you've got Texas going up against Washington. Texas is favored by four. I've got a small lean towards Texas. Why? Um, Just their their defense against the run. Teams are only averaging four yards uh, per per game against them. I'm sorry, four, sorry. Teams are only averaging 80 yards rushing against them, which is fourth best, fourth best in college football. They also have an advantage on special teams. Uh, They've got a great third down defense. And they they really create havoc going up against opponents. So I have a lean towards Texas, but my play here is the under at 62 and a half. Um, Both these offenses are going to have to create fireworks for all four quarters in order for that over to hit. And what I'm, what I'm looking and what I'm looking here to start the game is two teams who, like Alabama, Michigan, have been off for a month who are going to like tap the water and test each other out. That's what I see happening here. So I think I, I'm, I'm seeing a very slow start. In fact, I would play the under in the first quarter. I'm expecting a slow start to start this game. And then as this, this game progresses and each team starts figuring each other out, then uh, more points in the second, more points in the third. I wouldn't be surprised if the fourth quarter uh, is the most points that will be scored in each quarter. But I think it's going to take a minute for that to get vamped up. The under is hitting three straight Washington games. Why? I think defenses have figured out how to contain. You can't stop them, but how to contain Pinnock Jr. in that offense. Uh, and, and here's another thing. If Texas wants to win this game, they're going to have to avoid a shootout. The only way Texas wins this game is, is if they, they go by a slow pace, slow pace of play. You don't want to play into the hands of what Washington does well. So again, uh, my play here is the under at 62 and a half, 800 Let's go to Matt and Merrick. Matt, welcome in. Good afternoon. 
Happy New Year. How's everything going? Um, Thank you. Everything's great. One. Thank you. Same to good, you. Good. I know it's an exciting day. There's a lot, a lot on the slate, so it's always good. But um, I think that – well, I just kind of wanted to make a quick point about Harbaugh and Michigan, and I just wanted to kind of say – it wasn't even more so a question, kind of just my general thoughts. Like, I think that if he's able to, um, you know, pull off this win and then go on to win a national championship, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but start slow with, with this win here um, – I think this is kind of going to be one of those things where you see him kind of sail off into the sunset and go off on, um, uh, you know, like on a high note, mainly because there's already been talks about him potentially going to the NFL. And I feel like this would be a perfect way to be like, okay, jobs here, jobs finished here. Let's move on and, and go tackle something else. Just kind of wondering your thoughts on that and, and to see if that's like almost set up to be like this beautiful, um, you know, what's the phrase I'm looking for? It's almost like this, be- this perfect swan storm, song. right? Swan song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was wondering, you know, curious to hear your thoughts on just that dynamic. And, you know, it's kind of exciting in itself. Uh, where'd you go to school, Matt? Uh, Manhattan College. Manhattan College. Um, and thanks yeah. for your phone call. I appreciate it. Yeah, listen, we just had Heather Dinich on uh, not too long ago, and, and she kind of alluded to the same thing. I asked her, what do you think Harbs does? She said if, if, if he wins the national championship – um, she thinks that there's a good possibility that he leaves and goes to the NFL. Um, if he does not, she thinks he stays uh, because he wants to win that national championship for Michigan. He wants to get it done. So yeah, I, I think I think there is I think there is something to that uh, for sure. And taking a look around the NFL, and you know, I I, I hate to talk about college uh, college. I hate to talk about coaches getting fired. Because one thing that listeners and fans in the NFL don't take into consideration is when a coach gets fired, pretty much his entire staff gets fired, right? It's not just one guy getting fired. It's his entire, more than likely, it's his entire staff unless an owner or general manager steps in and says, hey, I really, I want to make sure that this guy is, is, is kept on staff. Like I'll go back when I was in Baltimore and Brian Billick was fired and they brought in John Harbaugh. Uh, a lot of the players, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Chris, uh, Christian, Chris McAllister, um, the guys that were there and, and the defense really led that, that team, went to Steve Bishotti, the head coach, uh, the, the owner, and said that they wanted Rex Ryan as their head coach. And, um, you know, so, but at the same time, like, so, so Steve Bishotti and the, and the Ravens weren't willing to offer him the job at that point. Um, they did allow him to go and interview with other, other teams. And I want if I, I know he interviewed with Atlanta. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if he interviewed with the jets that year. I don't know if he did, but he interviewed, he went out and he interviewed like with three or four teams. And when Harbaugh accepted the job, well, first of all, uh, the, the Ravens offered, um, Jason Garrett, the job and Jason Garrett, toured around, spent, spent a day at the Ravens facility. Uh, his wife went out to go look at, at property in and around the Baltimore area. And right before Jason Garrett was ready to sign the paper, he called Jerry Jones and Jerry said, whatever they're paying you to be the head coach, I'll pay you to be the offensive coordinator. You come back here, you be the offensive coordinator for a year. And I guarantee you that when Wade Phillips retires or moves on, you'll be the head coach. So um, there's that. Jerry Jones owns the world. It's how he operates. Um, 
But uh, but so Jason Garrett walked back into Steve Bashotti's office and said, thanks, no thanks, I'm going back to Dallas. And then all of a sudden the, the, the Ravens were like, oh, snap, what do we do? Um, John Harbaugh was the special teams coach down in Philadelphia. He came up to Baltimore, interviewed for the job, and they gave him the job but told him, Rex Ryan, if Rex Ryan does not get a head coaching job in the NFL, Rex Ryan has to be your defensive coordinator. And sure enough, Harbaugh took over the job. Rex came back, was the defensive coordinator. Um, they drafted Joe Flacco and Ray Rice that year. And, um, and then Rex Ryan got the job with the Jets the following season. So that's how that all panned out. And I just share that story with you just to say that there are general managers and there are owners out there that will hire a head coach and say, hey, you have to keep this individual on as a coordinator or as a coach or as an equipment guy or as a trainer or what, whatever the case may be, right? Um, but the majority, like at least 50, if not 65 to 75% of the staff gets fired. Um, you know, coaching vacancies coming into this season. Um, again, let's go through it. The Patriots, right? Some talk and speculation that this is very well could be the last year for Bill Belichick. We'll see. Um, I know there's Jets fans out there who I feel the calls who don't want Robert Sala back, but I think this is a package deal. I think it's Sala. I think it's Hackett um, with, a, you know, hopefully a year of Aaron Rodgers being healthy. Um, <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's some talk and speculation that, ta- that uh, Mike Tomlin is going to move on from the Pittsburgh Steelers, that his voice has gotten old. I wouldn't do that. Who are you going to replace that's better than Mike Tomlin? I mean, this is a team now, they, they, they finally went to Mason Rudolph, who, by the way, reports are Mason Rudolph is going to start in Week 18. And now this is a team, offensively, they've been able to put up, you know, 30 points a game or close to that and now have an opportunity to make it to the postseason. So we'll see what happens there. In the AFC South... Um, the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel talking speculation is that, that that job very well could be open. That could be a vacancy there. Um, the Raiders, I believe that they should give it to Antonio Pierce. The way that he has his team playing has been great. If I was the owner of the Raiders, I would give him the full-time position. Uh, the Chargers are open. I think that could be a realistic landing spot for Harbaugh who's an offensive-minded coach, and I'm sure he would love to get his hands on Justin Herbert. So if there was a landing spot for Harbs, if Michigan wins the national championship, to me it would be the Chargers. Um, trying to think what other teams out there that very well, that Atlanta is expected to be an open vacancy. Um, Carolina, obviously. The Tampa Bay Bucks potentially if they don't make it to the postseason is um are they going to make some changes i believe that they will um see what happens with the minnesota vikings and obviously the washington commanders so to again for for, for these potential coaching vacancies that could be open the most realistic landing spot that I see for Harbaugh would be the Chargers and him wanting to get his hands on Justin Herbert. That's how I would see that playing out. Uh, quick break. We come back. Let, let's talk some New Year's Eve. Uh, let's look back to 2023. 
uh, and, uh, and, and, and usher in 2024 in a big way. So what, is, what, what are the, the top 23 headlines of 2023? Let's look back. You always want to look back before you can move forward. Um, so we'll do that when we get back. Again, we've got Jacob and Harvey who are producing the show. Gentlemen, in the break, think about it. Uh, I'm going to share with you what I think some of the, the, the top headlines are uh, or have been for 2023. Maybe, you know, there's one or two that, that I won't touch on that you feel was a pretty big headline. Uh, we'll dive into the next one. So I'll open up the phone lines. Uh, what, what's, what was the biggest 2023 sports story for you this season as we head into 2024? 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We have Christian Winfield who's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes. We'll do a deeper dive into that Knicks-T-Wolves matchup where uh, a new era of basketball is about to be unveiled uh, with uh, Ananobi who is going to be a part of that Knicks rotation, that starting rotation. Only time will tell. But again, happy new year to everyone uh, heading into 2024. Uh, let's look back to 2023 and some of the big storylines. Uh, Jacob and Harvey, who are producing the show. Gentlemen, curious to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to list 23 quickly. Um, would love to hear you chime in. And maybe if there's one that or two that I have left out uh, that I have forgot, by all means, uh, curious to get your take. Also, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Uh, what, what was the biggest storyline for you, our listeners out there in 2023? Uh, in hockey, how about the Bruins rolling throughout the regular season and then getting rocked in the postseason, right? Um, Florida won just two of their last three games in overtime, uh, both in Boston, no less, uh, to bring the, uh, the Bruin magical season to, uh, to a halt. That was a pretty big, big surprise, right? Sure. I mean, they, they played Florida tough. They were up 3-1 in that series against Florida. And then Florida won three straight. They won the last game, game seven in overtime in Boston. And they made the Stanley Cup final before getting rolled by Vegas. So um, it, would, it would actually be bigger if Boston was struggling coming out the gate, but they're not. I think they're leading the division by a handful of points. So, um, But, yeah, that was big because it was – the top team, the undisputed best team in the regular season, losing to uh, the last team to make the playoffs. So, Number 22, I have the UFC and WWE merger. Number 21, I have the return of Brittany Griner, right? Uh, back in December 2022, uh, the release following the 10 months that she was in, in Russia. And then uh, shortly upon her return, she was named the all-star starter. And then... Um, you know, had to take some time away from basketball as well. 
So uh, Brittany Griner, of course, getting back into action after the horrible 10-month ordeal in Russia. Um, number 20, I've got who's your backup quarterback. To me, this is one of the biggest storylines this year when it comes to the NFL uh, in the fact that you've got so many, so many backup quarterbacks, right? Week one, it was Aaron Rodgers. Week five, Anthony Richardson. Week six, Justin Fields was out for quite a while. Kirk Cousins hasn't returned. Daniel Jones, we know what time it is here. Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence this past week, one after another after another, and then the waiver wires in fantasy football. So uh, there is that. And, um, you know, now we're looking at an NFL where you've got Nick Mullins and Aiden O'Connell, who's quarterbacking your teams. Do you guys ever recall a season where the quarterback position has been this subpar? I, I, I have not. Subpar? I was being kind. No, Okay, then what's the real world? What's the real world that you want to say? I then? can't. I you tell me. No, go I ahead. It's the you, first day of the new year. I won't. I won't be. I won't be employed tomorrow, Harvey. No, I doubt it. You're, you're need a mark. It's the first day of the new year. So you're saying that the key position has been bad in your eyes? Worse than bad. Okay, awful. Worse than awful. Let's see here. How much time we got in this segment? Uh, terrible. Garbage. You sound like. <laughs> You're saying you don't like seeing guys like C.J. Beathard and Joe Flacco go from team to team and Mitchell Trubisky slinging the ball around? Tyrod Taylor? Tommy DeVito? Well, I think what's happened here is, you know, um, and and we're seeing it now and how it's playing out last week and and this week and how the the playoffs, you're you're talking about like really subpar teams um, that I feel are not deserving to make it to the postseason are making it to the postseason. How many? Just, I, I mean, I mean the qual- the quality of the NFL, Harvey is is crap. No, no. What do you mean? What? No, it's not. It's not. It's not what you said. No. What I, What I will say is this. What are though. you talking about? You think the quality? What, what of NFL the- have you been watching, Harvey? I'm watching the Giants and Jets every week. That's exactly it's more than crap enough. oh <laughs> but no i mean just just think of the backup qbs are going to be seeing in the playoffs that's fun no doesn't get you geared up the amount of backup qbs that we're going to be seeing week 18 which is an awful idea well here's here's something interesting and, and again you know in looking at the playoff machine in the nfl i know i i talked a lot about it this week bart and i went through it yesterday on new york dame day me and amani and mike tannenbaum went through it based on the win-loss records of who i anticipate to win and lose in week 18 uh, here here are the teams that i have advancing to the afc the ravens have their starting quarterback okay the buffalo bills have their starting quarterback kansas city have their starting quarterback um, I've got the Texans winning and beating the Colts. So I've got them in the fourth seed. They had their quarterback for the majority of the time. Uh, the three games that they did not have CJ Stroud, uh, they lost, but now they have him back. He won yesterday, expected to play this week, this coming week against the Colts. I have them winning. So they're getting in just by the skin of their teeth, finishing 10 and seven on the season, uh, and just getting in. Okay. Um, the Miami Dolphins, I have them as a six seed. They have their quarterback. Uh, two teams making it that I have making it to the postseason without their starting quarterbacks, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. But for the most part, uh, the the one through the four seed uh, have their starting quarterback. The only team, the Texans, didn't have C.J. Stroud for three weeks. And by the way, they lost those three games. In the NFC, uh, I've got the 49ers as the one seed. 
And of course, they came into the season with Brock Purdy, and he's been active and attractive. Dallas Cowboys with Dak, the the uh, Lions with Golf, and the Bucks with Baker Mayfield. That's my one through four seed in the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles have had Hurts. Um, the Rams have had Stafford, and the Green Bay Packers have had uh, Love. So every team in the NFC that I have advancing, all seven teams to make it to the postseason, did not lose their starting quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, you know, because that really has been the storyline, I, I think has dictated how the season has panned out. Right? Sure. I mean, if I just don't, I just hope that we don't have to go through this again next year. I feel like we will, though, because you could just tell that some GMs are going to be as proactive as they probably should be to um, keep a high standard at QB position and donate so much money, so much of their cap to that position. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think another reason here is is the offensive line position has become such crap as well. You know, we have very subpar off offensive line play, and that's really affecting a lot of these quarterbacks and getting injured. So there's that as well. I just here's the thing. I think to, I think the season was an outlier. Like I can't imagine that many starting quarterbacks getting injured again next season. Like I like I I I pray to God it doesn't happen um, because I I'm hoping for a better this season. I would say when each and every week when I look at the slate, there's maybe maybe if we're lucky three games that I feel are must watch games. The, the, the remainder of games that were on the slate, unless I had money on them, I, I could care less if I'm tuning in or not. I, I, I never felt that. I never felt that there were less games each and every week that I could care less watching. And, and, I, and I feel that was the case this week, th th this season. Uh, number 19, I got Coco Golf. Her run in drama at the U.S. Open was a big storyline. At 18, Draymond Green's antics. Uh, you know, is this now? Is is this is this the time now that the Golden State Warriors uh, need to truly move on from Dray Draymond Green? I, I believe I believe they should. The NBA in season tournament. I was a big fan of it. Harvey and Joe, not so much. Of course, the Lakers won. LeBron James balled out. Um. So there was that. Uh, March Madness lived up to its its billing. Right, we love the Cinderella story in March Madness. We got it this past year. Um, San Diego State knocking off FAU at the buzzer. Um, you know, no top seven teams even advancing to the Elite Eight. So March Madness delivered in a big way. Wimby arriving to the NBA, and the Spurs getting him. Uh, the Miami Dolphins and their swagger being back, although. Again, I consider them pretenders as opposed to contenders. They need to beat an above 500 team on the road in order for me to truly believe in them. Um, trying to think what else. Some of the other, uh, you know, uh, golf with Liv really coming into true form and what's happening with the PGA Tour. Will the, will they merge? Will they not? Big names like John Rahm leaving the PGA Tour to go to Liv. Big storylines there. Um, you know, unfortunately, LeBron James and, and what, what happened with Bronny in college basketball, thank God that he's able to get back into uh, action and, and suit up and play for USC. 
That was really concerning. Uh, the World Cup this year. At least we had a World Cup this year. Florida State being left out of the national championship. We just heard from Heather Dinich. It's a big storyline. And now them wanting to sue the ACC. Michigan stealing, stealing their, their, the signs and that scandal. Big storyline in 2023. Aaron Rodgers, four snaps and out. Definitely a top 10 story, considering what the expectations were for the Jets. Lionel Messi joins the MLS. I know you like that, Harvey. Him down there playing for Miami. And immediately turning uh, the narrative around for Miami and having them go into, uh, you know, uh, being a, a true contender in the MLS. That was a big, that was a big storyline. Um, the Deion Sanders era in college football, what's going on with Colorado? You know, unfortunately, they started 3-0, the big buzz, the excitement, and then finishing the season 4-8 and eight in the Pac-12. What happens now? How long does he stay there? Is he, you know, the, the narrative is, you know, is he there uh, just to try to help his son get into the NFL? Once his son is no longer in college football, is he going to move on? So only time will tell. The year of Otani. Who was going to get Otani? Was it going to be the Yankees? Was it going to be the Mets? No, it was neither. A $700 million deal to the Dodgers. Unbelievable. And then, um, and then you got to throw in Travis Kelsey and the fact that he's daily dating, you know, Taylor Swift and the Kelsey podcast and, and all that, you know, they've now, in my opinion, the family that has taken over the NFL. Everybody listens to that podcast, um, you know, over under, you could wager over under how many times uh, Taylor Swift is going to be shown in the box at a Kansas City Chiefs game. So out of all those guys, let's end on this. Before we take a break, we come back, we'll switch gears, we'll talk Knicks, getting you ready for your Knicks pregame show. Out of all that, what do you feel is the biggest storyline of 2023? Out of those that I just shared with you, and maybe there's others. Oh, easily Messi coming here. Well, easily. you're a huge soccer. You're a huge soccer fan. Okay, that had worldwide impact here. The crowds had never filled MLS at the level that they have, and it's coming back next year too. Well, this coming, this coming February is coming again. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it, it, to me, it's Otani getting paid all that money, and then not only that to defer all of it too. I mean, the Dodgers, the Dodgers won this off season. They won the sports year. It, it, why are we even talking about it? So to you, so to you, Otani's the biggest storyline. Harvey, the biggest storyline is um, is is Messi. No surprise there. Huge soccer fan. Um, I don't know. I, I have to marinate in it. I, I I think for me, I think I I have to say that I think the biggest storyline is is Aaron Rodgers going down. Oh Four my pl- God. I I do. Came and maybe oh jeez. Oh, and maybe maybe because you know we live here, we're 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 the home of the Jets. 98.7 ESPN. Guys, let's let's be honest. Some big expectations for the Jets this season. I mean, especially like they were on hard knocks. You know, the NFL, they were claiming, you know, the best defense in the history of the NFL, better than the Bears, better than the Ravens. You know, on top of the fact that, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers here to lead the way. Um, 
such big and and then and then immediately he goes down in four i mean it was just like it's it was beyond just wins taken out of a sale it was just like whoa like a gut punch so and, and again maybe it's just more personal because we're here and we lived it and i had some big expectations for this jets team so what say you? 800-919-3776. We come, we come back. We'll, we'll take your calls. Also, we'll hear from Christian Winfield next here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.